This episode of a Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Florida, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. want to welcome back to the podcast longtime basketball coach and current owner of Savvy Performance, Coach Tyler Costin. All right, let's go Excellent. on to the last half of the list, starting with number six. All right, doing things that are not measurable. So we talked about like the first level of measurement, um, which is just putting a rating to it. You know, the second mistake is, you know, actually not measuring it, like just showing up. So um, it can be as simple as this. Pick some sort of a, of a shooting test, you know, like one that we use for what we call our rackers, which are our primary ball handlers got to get to the rack and compromise the defense is we use a 52 point test, which incorporates a lot of different shots off of the dribble since they're going to be dribbling a lot. And so we would just do the 52 point test at weekly throughout our off season. It's the same test. And just by measuring it, because we're working on these different shots, you know, pull up jumpers, some floaters, some relocation off the dribble threes, because we're working on that in all these different contexts, hopefully that number goes up. And the main reason we measure is to build confidence. Like if I, if I, if I, if I keep coming back to the same thing and my numbers are going up, I'm like, I believe I'm getting better. So I'm going to shoot these things with more confidence. I've got this body of work. But if we don't ever pause and sample and pause and measure, then we don't give the opportunity for the players to grow confidence. They think they're getting better because they're putting in work, but like, let's give them concrete evidence. You know, even it's something as simple as, you know, if you're working with your bigs, like we do this thing called circle micing, a uh, one minute test. And, you know, it's just a variation that adds a little bit more um, randomness to the classic micing in different angles, right? So as they develop touch, as they develop stamina, as, uh, as they do these different things over and over, their circle mic and score should go up. So we're going to do that once a week. So don't forget to measure things um, at the very least to build confidence and at the most to motivate them that they need to lock in more if their numbers aren't going up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's a common mistake. I had a third benefit, and that is it builds competitiveness. And I hear that's the number one kind of downfall with our our workouts especially if they're like individual workouts how do i make my yeah. players more competitive when it's just me and the kid or if it's just two of them and that competitiveness even if the winner and loser is i'm just competing against myself like that is the number that has been the number one thing that has upped my individual workouts is adding a level of competitiveness again whether that's i'm competing against a teammate or if i'm just competing against my previous score yeah and and coaches like like even as as tony's sharing these things with me, my mind's immediately going to my workouts I have later today and how I can do this better. Mm. And I hope that that's how you're feeling. Uh, I mean, I know Tony, myself, we're constantly looking for ways to do this more and better, mm -hmm. you know? So if, if you're feeling like, oh gosh, I haven't done this or, or whatnot, or I'm not doing this well, you're in good company. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's how all good coaches are examining themselves first. And so I just, yeah, I just want to encourage you um, in that, that if you're here and you hang out with Tony on a quick timeout, and if you're thinking, how can I apply these things? That's what that's, you're in good company. You're doing a great job. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Point number seven. Uh, this one's a quick one, but I think it's one that I've missed um, is no vision casting. And I'll just say, do it. Hey, you got to do these workouts. You got to do work. It's the off season. Of course you got to do these workouts as opposed to saying to your freshman guard. Um, I could see you being the best point guard this program has ever seen. But that takes sacrifice. There's that moment of like, I see in you some level of greatness, right? Because a lot of times they don't see that. They just see what's right in front of them. Like, oh, I'm better than, you know, Johnny, right? Or gosh, Dante's better than me. That's all they're seeing, but they don't see years down the road. And that's our job. And I mean, for example, a couple nights ago, we have this new girl in our program and she's just locking people up. And I said, gosh, you could be the best defender in the whole area. And I could see you getting a college scholarship just because of your defense. She's like, really? No one had ever said that to her before. They had said great defense, but they hadn't actually cast a vision. And ever since I had that conversation with her, it's been, she's been hell. <laughs> she's been you know, like for anyone that she's guarding. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't teach her any technique or do any workouts. I just cast a vision for her of like who she could become. And I think that's just an essential part of the off season is to cast a vision for people. Yeah. I mean, college kids even need that. I do that for kids at our level and it, they just, you can see their eyes just kind of get big and that just gives them something, another thing that they can work towards and uh, have seen be realistic about. It. I'm not telling every kid like, man, you can be a player of the year next year, but like right. something that's realistic and, and they buy into it. And I've had yeah. a lot of kids that, that end up, achieving things that they probably wouldn't otherwise had we not done something like that. Yeah. I mean, even things as small as you could be our best defensive rebounder, mm -hmm. right. Or, or like, or, or like, Oh, you could get six to eight points in transition every game. Mm -hmm. If you just sprint like little things like vision casting. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's missed. It's missed too often. It's a mistake to miss it. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Number eight, it's just too short sighted your off-season development is just too short-sighted. It, it doesn't embrace long-term athletic development. And what this often looks like for both coaches first and players second is we spend time on things and give up on things too early. So we spend only enough time on something to see a little gain and then we move off of it. As opposed to, no, we just, we got to stay on that thing. We got to see big gains, but a lot of times it's going to be exponential growth, right? So we see a little gain. We're not seeing big gains. So we move off of it, or we see no gains. So we move off of it, or we see little gains. We're like, that's good enough. We move off of it as opposed to, no, like this is, this is a long-term play. And we all know that massive growth takes a lot of time and saying like, this is going to take us multiple years <laughs> to get here, um, not just multiple workouts. So thinking instead of in, in, in terms of years, as opposed to in terms of weeks mm -hmm. is I think a mistake we make too often. Uh, if you're an assistant coach doing this for your head coach, like I have found as an assistant coach, I didn't always necessarily have the big picture in mind. So making sure that not, you're not only on the same page, but, I've just found that as an assistant coach, as a young assistant, I just didn't have that mindset or that mentality. And so helping them 
um, understand the the big picture in the long term. And probably as you coach longer, like you're thinking in, I've got this kid for four years. This is where I want them to go. Um, mm-hmm. I would just say as a as a coach, just kind of not a warning, but just if you're a younger coach, you may not be used to thinking like that. You're thinking about like right now, what do we need to get done right now to make this player this player? Um, yeah. So having that long term view oftentimes yeah. comes with a little bit more maturity. Yeah, you're, you're I, I remembering back to when I was fresh from playing uh, a failed professional uh, career overseas. I came back and was assistant coach for a, a women's college team. And <laughs> that was me so much right there. I was, just, I was just like, why can't you do this right now? Right. You know, I was just frustrated. I was like, let me show you. Thinking that them watching me would get them <laughs> the skill set. Um, and that's like, I just see that so much in, in young coaches. And if, if you're wondering if this is you in any way, um, here's a good indicator. When you're short-sighted, you're often a joystick coach. And, you know, joystick coach is like with your voice, you're trying to control every movement in the moment of the player. Um, whereas the more long-sighted coaches, the more mature coaches just know the rice has got to cook. Like you just got to let the rice cook. You keep taking the top off the pot and you keep yelling at the rice. It's not going to make it cook any faster. You just got to let the rice cook. Uh, I mean, an extreme and humorous example um, is like even just in the gym this week, um, I had a mom on the side watching us work out with like this this younger group of, of players and just yelling every single time, get closer to the basket, get closer to the basket. I was like, okay, hang on. That is such a short, like you want them in this moment, to get closer to the basket where we're trying to build context and they need hours of repetitions. Mm-hmm. Like it's ludicrous for a parent to yell, get closer to the basket and think that that's going to help their child long-term mm-hmm. ludicrous. We all get that. But now think about how that applies to us mm-hmm. as coaches. Like what have we done to get instant improvement but it will not apply long-term because we're not going to be able to be in their ear every moment. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's what we're, we're talking about here about being too short-sighted. This week on a quick timeout plus newsletter, I dive into Nate Oates, Alabama five out offense diagrams and film of some of the tribe's favorite actions out of their pace and space offense. Those of you who are members received in last week's newsletter, a John Shire fast model, faster all playbook, just in time to follow along Duke's run to the ACC Tournament Championship. Become a member for just $5 per month or $40 for an entire year. To sign up, click the link found in the show's description. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, lineup data, VPS, and, of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with the HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to find out more. All right, nine and 10. Here we go. Uh, Number nine, it might be too individual or most of the time it might be just too individual. 
one on zero. And like Tony said, like it's great to mix it up. You do need that time, especially when you're diving into like shooting technique. You really need that time. Um, but if the majority of it or all of it is just individual and there's no adversary and there's no competition, then you're, it's a mistake. And, you know, I'll give you a real specific way that, that I like to design uh, a 45 minute or 50 minute workout is I like to break it up into three parts and I like to break it up in the first part is going to be like majority technique redevelopment and then immediately go into a short competition um, on whatever it is. Let's say we're working on uh, stretch finishing, right? So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go deep into like footwork and, and, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden we'll have a quick one-on-one -on -one game that is going to emphasize that read that they're going to need. Then I like to go into the next thing and let's, let's say it's shooting, right? And we're shooting off of a certain sort of action, okay? Well, then I'll probably go one-to-one. -one. You know, we'll get, uh, you know, maybe 10 minutes of shots off of the action. And then we'll get a 10-minute small-sided game, maybe an advantage game two-on-one where they have to actually shoot off that action. Then I like to finish up and flip it a little bit and we'll go real, real tight. Uh, maybe we're working on a read. Maybe we're working on a, a passing skill or whatnot. And I'll go real short, maybe five minutes, real skinny, short of time, amount of time. And then we'll go to a long competition, like a three-on-three -three game for 15 minutes or whatnot. Um, I think that is a great way to build in an adversary and competition and immediate application and transfer. Um, and you know, I mean, that's not your script for every workout, but I think it's, a, it's, it's definitely not a script for zero workouts either. Um, and if, if they go a whole summer and they're just going 50 minutes alone all summer long, that's a mistake. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I've learned in the last couple of years is if you're not training perception, then you are going to be at a huge disadvantage when the, when the game actually starts and perception is more than just it's what, more than just what you see. It's what you hear. It's what you yeah. feel. It's it's everything. And you can't do that without a defense out there because the execution of the skills that we're actually repping are the last thing that you do. Typically, it's the stuff before that where I'm looking and executing other things that then leads to me making the right pass or making the right shot or taking the right shot or whatever that is. And um, that's where you get to the end of the summer and then you put the kid back out there and they're really not much better within the game. And that's where the frustrations come. Yeah. For the player and for you as a coach, yep. you throw your hands up and, you know, wasting time or wasting a summer is probably one of the most painful things we do as coaches, like wasting practice time. It just yeah. it gets us so much. And I would say, too, I think sometimes, especially if it's just like us and the kid, and I'm realizing this as I get older, I'm like, I can't lock this. I can't play against this college kid that's four, six inches tall. Ten. I got, I got kids that are like 10 inches taller than I am. Like, I can't do. But even just out there, like having a pad standing in a certain spot so that they can learn what to look for or look where the defender is playing me. Um, mm -hmm. Even something like that can is better, I think, than always going with the one on o. So good. Okay, quick insert, super 30-second teaching tip that all coaches, I think, should try to do more. And Tony, you just said it. When you're training, most players focus – or most coaches focus on technique first. Um, instead, tell them where to look. Just tell them where to look, direct their eyes. And that's what you just said to me. It's so good. All right. When you're come, when you're, when you, when you turn into this Barkley, your first check is going to be to the midline to check for help. That's where your eyes go. Mm -hmm. 
that's really what basketball IQ is, is knowing where to look. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what is that. That's really what the game slowing down for you is, is knowing where to look. Um, and the, that goes to the perception thing. So that takes a whole different level of, of basketball knowledge for a coach, but also for you just to evaluate, especially if you ever played at a high level in this situation, where have I started to look? Mm-hmm. Or if you get around high level players, that's a great question to ask. You know, if, if you get around Steve Nash, okay, when you came off of a high ball screen, where's the first place you looked? Mm-hmm. And then just tell your players to do that. It's amazing how it'll open up the game for them. Just tell them where to look. Okay. Uh, number 10, let's rock. Number 10, no clear win. Um, and this again is a, it's an if then conversation with players. And I think they will and you will get more out of the offseason if you can give them a clear win. If you can become the most reliable three point shooter on the team, then we're going to get you 12 shots a game this upcoming season. If you can transform your body, and become the best conditioned um, player on the team, then you're getting 20 minutes a game and guarding the other team's best player. If you can put on 25 pounds of muscle, <laughs> um, you know, and become a beast on the boards, then you're going to be starting for us at the five. You know, like getting really clear if thens, as opposed to get better, and then we'll see. Um, it, I, you'll be shocked at how much more traction you get out of your offseason. Yeah, I think too many have the mentality of like the get better and then they come back and you're like, what did you get better at? And the kid was like, I worked on a lot of things all year. Mm -hmm. And I think too, again, as the coach, I've had this conversation with player development coaches because I know they, especially like for us, I go back to their individual states. They're not even in my same state. Mm -hmm. But the more conversations that you can get with those player development coaches and be on the same pages with those coaches, that's going to benefit that kid because when he comes back, he's actually been working on the things that you wanted him to work on. And um, otherwise it's going to be, again, frustrations again the next year because he said, well, I put in all this work, but I'm not seeing it benefit me any because I didn't actually work on the things that – are going to help my team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. Awesome. Well, man, I, I feel like uh, every time I come on this pod, I, I get, I've got a notebook full of ideas that I'm excited to go dive into. So thank you for making me better today as always. For sure, man. Always add great stuff. Uh, before we wrap things up here, can you direct people again to where you are on social so they can connect with you and then also where they can find out more about what you're doing with Savvy Performance? Perfect. Yep. So, so savvy just basically means smart, tough, and clever. And we want to help coaches make smart, tough, and clever players and teams. Um, uh, my primary social is Twitter at Tyler Coston, um, T-Y-L-E-R-C-O-S-T-O-N. Or you can uh, find us online at Savvy, S-A-V-I. We spelled a little different, SavvyCoach.com. We're actually about to kick off uh, here in four weeks of me coaching coaches through a cohort of how to build their off-season development. So if you ever want to get involved with that, hit me up and I uh, would love to help you out with that. But thank you very much for, uh, for allowing me to share. Yeah, man. He all ton of great resources, got a new gym yeah. built and set up. <laughs> and so he's got some videos, a lot of videos, short videos there on Twitter and um, then offers a lot of other great things. And this is just one of the cohorts he does. We'll, get him back on and talk more about the ones that are coming up in the fall as well. And I know you got a busy, busy summer. How many camps are you running this summer? 
you know, still to be determined, but at least eight, okay. um, at least eight and then doing some clinics in between that. But uh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing team camps this summer because we couldn't get to all the individual programs alone. Okay. So we're kind of bringing six to eight programs together for uh, the savvy team camp. So we're excited to do those this summer. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. maybe in the future coaches that are listening, you want Tyler to come and maybe get a group of, of schools to come together and Tyler to run something like that. Um, I would definitely hit him up early because I'm sure his calendar fills up pretty quickly there. So that's Thank Tyler Costin of Savvy Performance. Coach, as always, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Great to be here.